Love Talk Radio. The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Ken Lazat. He is the author of seven books. He speaks often with the national media. And today he's going to be talking with us about two of his books, The Speaker's Edge and The Expert's Edge. And he's going to be talking with us about how writing a book and how thought leadership can not only help you build your own brand, but also help you build your business. Welcome to the show today, Ken. I'm happy to be here, Kelly. Okay, so one of the things that we often hear, I hear it all the time myself working with business owners, is, you know, I'm a best-kept secret, or such-and-such is a best-kept secret. He needs to get out there more. Nobody knows about him. He does all this good work or has all these great ideas. Uh, Why is it that we have so much of this best-kept secret syndrome going on? Well, we just do. Uh, We uh, we get focused on our our work, our our clients, our projects, and um, we know we have to do a great job, and so we throw ourselves into it. And then maybe we have two or three or four or five clients or or customers or projects or whatever in front of us, and so we just keep going. And before you know it, 20, 30 years have gone by. True. So we we don't really extend ourselves frequently beyond – frequently we don't extend ourselves beyond um, the the work we have right in front of us. And that is something that businesses in particular – need to take care of and do something about. And you know what, frankly, as, I'm, as, I'm, as we're talking about this, that's what happens with individuals as well out there, professionals right. who have a job day to day. And, you know, they, they don't extend themselves beyond their work day and their workload, and they end up having, uh, you know, their careers often stagnate. That's that's very true. And the other thing that you see happening, not only is it that they're so head down and focused on their work, it's just that um, they really just think the work's going to speak for itself. That right. oh, somebody will notice, and I will if if that's what they're seeking, or the accolades, or the the attaboys. Uh, the, they think the work will speak for themselves. It will be recognized, and I won't have to call attention to it myself. Uh, not it's true, a right? Very, obviously, a very passive approach when you think about it and you put it that way. Um, yeah, and and they're not wrong. The work is recognized. The problem is it's sort of an insular community that we create for ourselves, and it's recognized in the case of businesses only by their customers. Now, there is an effect that extends itself without any extra help from the company, and that is that word of mouth does get conveyed so that there are new customers that typically will come in to a company that does great work. But um, it's not always enough to really grow at a level that you'd like to grow at. And that's why you need to start looking for other kinds of marketing and business development techniques, such as what I call becoming a thought leader, to, to really help you boost up to the next level. 
And and on that note, then let's talk about ways that you can we can overcome that best kept secret syndrome. You mentioned uh, thought leadership, for example. Let's expand on that. What are some of the ways that we can get past this? Well, being a thought leader means that uh, you want to be seen as the go-to authority that your target market turns to every time. That there's a there's a top of mind uh, that people have uh, the kind of people that are are your customers or would become your customers, that um, when they need the type of service or product that you have, you're the one they think of. You are the only one they think of. So when you practice what I call thought-leading techniques, then you start to elevate yourself above your competition. And again, you become the one person or company that gets thought of when your service or product uh, is what that prospect is looking for. You mentioned some uh, thought leadership techniques. What are right. some of those? The biggest one really is writing a book. Mm-hmm. Now, what I say it's the biggest one, but I, I need to uh, offer a caveat with that because not everybody is going to write a book, and they're not going to write one just because I say that it's the biggest one. Uh, that they can tackle. Writing a book is definitely a commitment. Um, it's a process. A lot of people, for a lot of reasons, would, would rather, would feel, they feel overwhelmed by that idea. So I don't want people to be put off by it. But there are other people listening right now that are saying, I would love to write a book. I, I don't know how to go about it. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if anyone would care about what I have to say in a book and all of that. So my message to those people is, Yes, you can write and publish a book. It can be done. There are there are there's a there are processes in place that one can um, activate so that that can happen. But to the other people who say writing a book, man, I, I could never do that, or I never want to do that. Mm-hmm. You should at least be uh, writing articles for publication and getting them published. Not just your Twitter account, not just your blog, but those publications out there that your target market reads. And that's what I call the number one pillar of becoming a thought leader, which is publish your ideas. You, this best-kept secret is, is a best-kept secret outside the walls of your company, but not with your customers. So as we were, we were discussing just a little while ago, the, um, the fact that your, your customers know uh, the great quality of the work that you offer them uh, involves ideas that you have developed that have created you as a high-quality performer. So you got to get other people outside, as I say, the walls of, of your company knowing about that and publishing your ideas, either as a book, in a book form, or uh, with published articles. Mm-hmm. Those are the two major ways that you can publish your ideas and get known. Yes, and interestingly, what I have seen a couple of times uh, myself is that people who maybe didn't have writing a book on their radar screen, but they did start penning some articles, those articles then uh, help them start getting uh, some some structure around their thoughts and their ideas, and they became the basis for books. And so you can start with the articles and maybe build to a book. Right, that, and that is a way to do it. It's a way to sort of um, do it in a piecemeal, uh, step-by-step fashion so that it's not so, so overwhelming. 
But the, the most important thing is you've got to publish your ideas and you've got to get them out there. And then secondly, uh, uh, another uh, major uh, technique that's very powerful that I, I believe should not be done all by itself, but should be done in concert with publishing your ideas, is to get out and speak to groups. Yes. Speak at business events, even if it's to rotaries on the local level, uh, or perhaps it's, it's conferences on a national level. Uh, my my current book is called The Speaker's Edge, and it's about how to find speaking engagements. Um, again, speaking is, so, is is like what I was saying about a book. A lot of people are afraid of that, and a lot of people are afraid that if they get up uh, on stage, on a platform, at an event, they'd be too uh, nervous, or they wouldn't really have something important to say, and this and that. you got to get past that. There are ways to get past that, but the first way is to put it in your mind that this is an important thing to do. And when you start writing and publishing your ideas, and then you combine them with getting up in front of a group and sharing your ideas in that way, that one-two punch is very, very powerful. And that starts to establish you as that go-to authority I was mentioning, that uh, your target market thinks of one and only when the time is right for them to come to someone like you or your company for that service or product. You mentioned that uh, even if it's at the Rotary, uh, when you say even at the Rotary, uh, some people might think, oh, I'm, I'm, I need to uh, get a keynote type of gig within my industry or I need, you know, should I get paid right away if I take non-paying speaking jobs? Will that hurt my credibility? What do you say to all that? Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's a, that's a mistake people make when they're starting out. Um, I say even at the Rotary, but you know, if you, uh, I say that because that's one of the one of the easiest ways to get started. Since Rotary clubs are in every city and town, and mm-hmm. every they meet every week, and they're looking for a speaker every week, so there are opportunities to get started, and you're not going to get paid there. But in terms of a keynote. If you're the speaker that week in that town at that Rotary, you're the keynote. You're the only one who gets up and speaks. So you can actually start out being a keynoter of sorts um, by starting out what I'd call small. But the important thing is not to think about being the great keynoter at the at the at the huge uh, uh, convention uh, in uh, you know in in Washington or New York or San Francisco or Hawaii or wherever it's going to be. But to understand that if you can just start getting in front of groups, you'll start to build your reputation. But, you know, more importantly, you'll start to um, have opportunities to practice your speaking. Because if you just walked, if, if any of us have never really spoken and we suddenly get tapped to be a keynoter mm-hmm. in front of maybe five, ten thousand 10,000 people in an audience, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're all going to fall flat on our faces. We just are. Right. You've got to work yourself up to it. And the other thing I'll say is that being paid isn't that important, not if you're in business, not if you're using speaking as, as, a, as a thought-leading technique. It's not that important. What's important is who's going to be in that audience, who's going to come up to you after your talk and say, you know, I really like what you had to say. I am looking for you know someone like you right now to help me with such and such. Can we talk later? Can we have coffee? Can we meet for lunch? And I know that's how I built my business. I was not getting paid for speaking, 
but I was picking up clients almost every time I went out and spoke. Sure. Is it necessary to have uh, coaching when you speak to professionalize uh, how you present and how you deliver, whether it's with the National Speakers Association or other types of coaches? Is that a necessary part of this? I, I don't know if it's necessary, but I think it's really helpful, and I think it's necessary if you think it's necessary. And the National Speakers Association, of which I'm a member, is a very, very uh, um, uh, effective organization for uh, providing courses and uh, seminars and, and uh, events and that sort of thing to um, help mo- move you forward. Um, I've never personally hired a coach, but what I did uh, over the course of my career, what I've done is is a lot of what we've just been talking about, doing uh, doing talks and doing presentations and speeches and things. That were there were small groups. Uh, I didn't get paid, and this and that. And I would say that, uh, from my uh, experience, um, the coach is not as important as the practice. Mm-hmm. And I think even if you have a coach, you're you're going to have to practice, and you're going to have to do that. So I, I I definitely see the value of a coach, and I think if somebody feels that they did uh, did benefit from that, they should definitely hire someone. But you're not going to have a coach to it alone. Any coach would tell you that. The coach wants you to go out and practice whatever you're learning with the coach. We're speaking here today with Ken Lazat. He is the author of The Speaker's Edge and The Expert's Edge, and we're talking about how to use becoming a thought leader and writing a book and speaking and how to use that to build your own brand as well as to build your business. It strikes me that technology can play a dual-edged sword in this. In other words, there are more outlets than ever for getting published. You've got LinkedIn. You have podcasting like this podcast now. There are a number of ways that maybe weren't available before, but at the same time, because there are so many different outlets, there's information overload. And so being able to cut through all of the uh, opportunities for people to read this or listen to that, you know, it just becomes harder to cut through that. You want to talk about that for a minute? Well, um, yeah, there's a, there's two sides of that coin. One is that absolutely true. There's a lot to cut through, but you know, truthfully, um, there there's always been a lot to cut through. There's just a lot a lot more noise now than ever before. But there, but it always was a matter of getting people's attention. Um, I think the the important thing there is to know that, and um, I'm I'm going to talk now about something that m- most businesses don't bother to do or don't think to do, and that is to be always collecting the uh, contact information, particularly the email addresses of people that you come in contact with. We're talking about customers. We're talking about prospects. We're talking about people who see you speak in an audience, whether they become either of those uh, categories, et cetera. All your contacts as you go through your daily, weekly, annual business life should be put into an email list. And, and you should send out emails, email blasts, or I call e-blasts, on a regular basis. And what should you put in them? It's not just advertisements. In fact, it's probably rarely a, 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 a shameless ad, but more content that, again, conveys how you are a thought leader. So what do I mean? Well, if you if you write an article and you put it out over LinkedIn, and you're really not sure how many people are really going to see it there, if you've got an email list, 
you can also put out that announcement of that article to you to the people who know you best which again are your customers and your colleagues and other kinds of contacts and so you 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 create your own audience which is more focused on you than they are on all the other things that are going on out there and and that way you 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 keep a relationship building with your own uh, network in such a way that you keep reinforcing the fact that you are great at what you do and that, in fact, you are a thought leader. Great advice because you have a warm list there as opposed to the masses that you might reach through some of these other major platforms. Let's talk a little more specifically about book publishing. Once somebody gets past the uh, content barrier, and I call it a barrier because some people, you know, they they might have a lot of stuff rolling around in their heads, but you have to get it down on paper or get it there into the uh, data file. Um, Once you get past. People don't always realize how much content they actually have. They Mm -hmm. actually take it for granted because they think, after a while, we think, well, anybody can do this. Lots of people do what I do. Right. But it's really not true. We all do it in a different way, which creates a, a kind of a thought leadership content. Absolutely. So once you get past the idea of uh, getting the content out of your head, what what's the next step in the process? I know that's where some people get stymied. Can I self-publish? Absolutely. Do I have to have an agent? Talk to me about how that part works. Right. So there are two major um, avenues for writing and publishing a book. And publishing a book is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. One is the age-old idea of finding a publisher. Um, in that case, you may or may not need an agent. Actually, most most publishing houses um, work directly with authors, although I don't really recommend it because <laughs> agents are very important in terms of knowing, uh, you know, let's say how to negotiate a contract yes. and things like that. But um, that that's one way to go about getting published is to look for a publisher. It's very competitive that way, but it can be done. The other way is self-publishing. And self-publishing used to have a really bad name because it used to be called vanity publishing, yes. or vanity press. And it used to be done, you'd, you'd have to hire a company for, let's say, $20,000, and they, they basically would try to knock out your book as fast as they could so they could keep their profits going. Things are very different now. Amazon, as just one example, has a service called Create Space, and that service is a self-publishing service. I have used this service myself. I have seven books. Five of them are, are with a publisher. Two of them are self-published. And I used CreateSpace uh, in order to experience it for myself. And they do a fantastic job. Now, I'm not getting a commission from Amazon. No. I want you to know. I just have to really recommend them. But in recommending them, I also say that they are part of a category of self-publishing companies these days that in many many ways are very, very inexpensive. But in addition to helping you get your book actually designed and published, what these companies also do is they will put your book up on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and, uh, and all of these uh, dis- distribution outlets, which used to be impossible for individual author, self-publisher to do. So... That's a that's a real you know sketch of of what the mm-hmm. the two major avenues are and and how to 
technical about them. We could talk all day about the details of it. But I think my message, having done this for years, is that anybody who wants to write and publish a book in these times can absolutely do it. It's interesting, too. Another thing that I hear very often is that in order to be considered an expert and to gain that reputation in any area, you have to leave your city, that whatever city that you're operating in, you've probably already been so um, sat, you've saturated people that they just don't even think of you as being a national expert. And so you have to leave your city. Have you heard of that or how do you right. deal with that? Well, I think actually, uh, yeah, uh, I think you have to leave your city. I think you have to get beyond your borders. Interestingly, when you start to publish and you start to go out and you look for speaking engagements, you automatically start leaving your city. Right. It's actually not uh, such a um, challenge in some ways to leave your city because you start going out beyond your borders automatically when you start publishing in particular. And when you start speaking, Frequently, somebody will come up out of the audience and say, you know, I've got a, an event uh, in, uh, you know, three cities away or three towns away, or uh, I, I'm part of a, a committee uh, for a national convention that's happening in Dallas, and we'd love to have you come. You, you automatically start stretching yourself beyond uh, your city, and um, so becoming a thought leader really helps you do that uh, naturally and automatically. If, as we wrap up here, if you had just two or three pieces of advice that our listeners could take right now and start using immediately to become, as you put it, a thought leader, what would those be? Well, um, first of all, I'll, I'll just add that in my book, The Expert's Edge, I go through this in all great detail. So, the, you know, from start mm-hmm. to finish, and there are obviously lots of steps um, and uh people can understand in much more detail by looking at the expert's edge and in terms of the speaker's edge, speaking engagements, the same thing. But I would say that uh, the the first step is really uh, a, a mindset. Again, as I said earlier, in terms of a book, you absolutely can write and publish a book today, and you need to know that. And that will help you take the next steps necessary. In terms of writing a book, the next steps then are to learn more about these two uh, avenues, because uh, you've got to choose one or the other. Um, and if it's like finding a publisher, then it's a good idea to try to find an agent first. So that that would be steps in that sense. In terms of um, speaking engagements, for example, um, some first steps would be to uh, go out and see if you can do some speaking at at a rotary or some other kind of small group and get a video of yourself, not an hour, not a two-hour video, but a three-minute video. Put that on your website because that's very important these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just to start get out, getting out there and getting practicing, um, not worrying too much about falling on your face because that's what practice is all about. So if you look at these as baby steps in getting started, I can assure you, you will start then to pick up some momentum. You'll learn more about what to do next. And you'll you'll be doing those things and taking steps, and before you know it, <laughs> you'll 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 be a widely published author, and you'll have you'll have had a uh, hundred keynotes to your name. Won't happen in a year, but it, it'll happen. Yeah, and I'll be asking you to be on my podcast here. Where can we get your books? Exactly. There's, we've only hit the tip of the iceberg, but so where can we find your books? You can get my book at Amazon. Any of my books at Amazon. 
Um, you can um, also uh, get them through uh, books, your bookstores. They won't necessarily be on the shelf because bookstore shelf space is at a premium, but you can always order my book and really any book through a bookstore and Barnes and & Noble and your independent bookstore. So they're, they're all, the, all the usual ways you'd think of you can find a book like mine. Right. So The Speaker's Edge, uh, the ultimate guide, go-to guide for locating and landing lots of speaking gigs, and then The Expert's Edge, which has become the go-to authority people turn to every time. You can go out to Amazon.com, probably the easiest way, or you can go through your local bookstore, support small businesses that way. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. We had a great time. The time went way too fast. Oh my gosh, it did. It really did. So uh, <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Thank, thank you. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.